Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uneventful. Just oh, <laughs> yeah. It is time. The intro is playing. The video clips are playing. The medal's playing. It is time to get pumped up, excited. Why? Because we're here to talk about movies, which is what we love doing. We're here to represent one of the greatest genres of all time. Horror, exploitation, action, all that good stuff. And occasionally the, the uh, documentary, as you will. That's right. Hanging out. Raven Banners, son. That's right. The newest logo that's moving on up, getting bigger, getting popular, ha- oozing badassity. That's right. So we got some producers, directors, filmmakers from Raven Banner here today to hang out with us in the movie dojo, hanging out. We got Michael Pass in, a, in the house. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, good. How you doing, man? Good, man. Good. A uh, long time ago, I did, well, it's not that long time ago, but I did a trailer reaction for Nail in the Coffin, which we're going to get into a little bit. A Probably one of the greatest, probably one of the best wrestling documentaries I've seen in years. I've seen in years, and it was so Thanks, good. Man. I did a trailer reaction to it because I was like, I always found the the wrestler Vampiro so fascinating, and I was like, I got to do a trailer reaction to this, and then Michael hit me up, and he's like, who is this knucklehead? With this mohawk over here, just having a blast. I got to contact this guy. <laughs> so it's cool that you, you know, you showed up on the show tonight to talk with, talk film with us, as well as bringing these other special guests in the house. That's right. That's right. We got Gabriel Career Carrier. How, what's the, how do you say it? How do you say it? It's close enough. It's, it's okay. Career. It's like, all right, career. All right, good. <laughs> Reese Evanshin. I get it? Huh? Pretty close, pretty close. All right, close. All right, I'll keep it all first name here. And Andrew Hunt. Hey, I got one. Oh, you pushed that one, too. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> damn it, Jim. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to talk horror movies and, and, and grindhouse exploitation and just have fun tonight. Hanging out. Let's see who is here live. Movie Dojo Army showing up. All these badasses showing up to watch us. we got Jake Hall in the house, Eric Plantier, Lady Danish, Kevin Lambert, Heather Love, Oh, yeah, slowly they will be trickling in to hang out with us as we talk film and then just enjoy the conversation of the badassity that is Raven Banner. That's right. All right. That's our, our new slogan, Raven Banner. Okay. Bad let ass. me know. Yeah. Hey, let, give me a call. I'll do the voiceover. <laughs> I will do it for free. But, yeah, got to represent badassity. That's how, that's how we do it. All right, nail in the coffin. Well, before we get into all that, uh, Andrew earlier was talking before we went live. He was talking about the he has known you, Michael, since the third grade. What's going on with that? I don't know. I don't know, but it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been following you my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> He's stalking you. You're stalking That's him. Right. That's right. Yeah, he was. He was the first guy I actually met in the playground too. So, and uh, never looked back after that. So. That's it. Any bullies mess with you? A- Andrew took him out. That's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Well, we came from the dog patch. That was what our part of the town was called, the dog patch. So the dog uh, patch. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but let's talk about how you guys got into filmmaking. We'll start from Michael, and then we'll just go around. Let's do a little circle. Michael, what what were some of your inspirations? I'd say probably comic books and nice. Comic books and metal and wrestling and all that stuff is my passion. Love metal. exactly, yeah. I love all of that and um, love action films and and music videos. And I think that was I think that's how it, it, it my first foray into it was was uh, doing metal music videos. That was nice. my, my sort of thing. And then um, and then eventually got into distribution. Uh, and then um, Andrew was working as well. Uh, 
in, in even though we were we went to school together, we ended up having these parallel careers, and we ended up uh, coming together and forming Raven Banner with a third partner. Nice, nice, awesome. Andrew, what were some of your, some of your favorite movies growing up? Uh, well, for me, it, it was Cronenberg. Cronenberg, you know, the fact that he's um, a fellow Torontonian, uh, you know, his movies were just, you know, mind altering, <laughs> you know, and and not not only did they have like, you know, was he exploring some really interesting themes, but of course they were just bizarre and entertaining, you know, with the scanners and the head exploding and the Videodrome with the, um, those tumors growing out of where the bullet holes went. Like it was just so fucked up and cool. But the fact that this guy was from Toronto, uh, was, was a huge inspiration for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and like Mike, you know, so I, I went to college for media arts and ended up directing metal videos back in the nineties. And that's how I, I cut my teeth. I don't know if you ever heard of a band called Monster Voodoo Machine, but uh, uh, you know I directed a, a few videos for them back in the day. Uh, nice when they were going around opening up for Marilyn Manson's first tour. So that that was fun. Cool, and you got yeah. getting getting your feet dirty, you know, getting yeah, getting, exactly. getting getting gritty, getting the knit and the grit before you start yeah. uh, evolving. Which is which is you got to start somewhere. It's pretty cool directing yeah. music videos. How cool is that? Back yeah. back in back in the day, you know, in the nineties, when you're working on music videos, it was it was awesome because they give you a budget and you can experiment all you want with with you know with lenses, just just doing you know you had that freedom to be to be creative and and cut your teeth on all that. So it was it was a great experience. Nice, well, nice. the nineties was a great uh, breeding ground for talent. When you when you look at propaganda films, you know David Fincher, Spike Jones. Uh, you know, Michael, um, Michael Bay, so many of, of these, you know, big directors all came out of propaganda films. They all started doing music videos and, and commercials back in the nineties. So in fact, we, we were talking uh, to a project today and uh, the director attached to it uh, is a big name director and he got to start back in the nineties doing videos and commercials. So I don't know. I don't know if that's still a breeding ground today because of the way that, you know, music television and all that stuff has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird but uh it was great back in the 90s man yeah awesome gabriel oh what movies yeah well, some of your favorite movies are inspirations um, I, w- I would say you know um it always goes back to the ones i saw when i was a kid right so like my dad would pick me up from school on a friday once in a while we go to the video store and rent vhs tape this was in the late 80s early 90s and uh, VHS tapes. what, what? VHS tapes, what is that? Yeah, a little cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all those new the young, yeah, the younglings that are watching. The younglings. Like, what is that? Yeah, so he would, <laughs> I would always rent, like, I was always able to get, like, a, like I would always, I was a kid, so I'd get, like, you know, Willow or something. Yes. And then he would get some rated R film. So when at night, uh, he would watch, I, we would watch my movie, and then I would go to bed. But my parents had French doors that were glass that led into the basement. So after I went up to bed, I would wait, and eventually I found out that I could see if if I left the living room a certain way, the French doors, the door a certain way, I would sit in the stairwell outside the living room basement, and I would watch what he was watching through the glass on the French door, like the whole movie. He wouldn't get up because he would fall asleep during it. So I remember seeing Predator 2 like that, Commando, Running, Brilliant. all those crazy B-movie action movies just on this little glass thing, and you know, Saturday morning cartoons, I would be smart enough that he would leave the tape on the kitchen counter. So I'd get up extra early, get the tape, go downstairs and 
So it's just a whole melting pot of stuff, you know? Awesome. I like how you think. Got to make it happen. Got to watch the good stuff. Reese, inspirations, yes. favorite movies. What got, you, what got you in the game? Oh, man. I mean, I've, I've had a love of all things films for so long that I don't really remember where it started anymore. Uh-huh. Um, I do know that I'm sure like a million other filmmakers out there, my, uh, my first love was Jaws. Yes. I want somebody to dissect that someday and wonder why specifically Jaws is the, is the end for a lot of people. I'm curious what it is about it that gets right. people so enthralled with it. But I, I was definitely one of those kids. So I would say Spielberg was a big deal to me was it, when I was a kid and, and George Romero, like George Romero was, was massive to me when I, I, I discovered that at a very young age, I, um, uh, I spent a lot of time alone growing up. My parents divorced when I was very young. So I had a lot of time to myself while my mom and dad were working their separate jobs. And uh, I would just watch whatever movies I could and rent whatever I could. And there were no restrictions on what I could watch. So right, um, right. hence the George Romero at probably six or seven. It was Day of the Dead was the first one I saw. So, Ooh, choke um, on him. Choke yeah, on him. Exactly. And I, I thought, like, what am I watching? Like, I shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> like, what is this violation? People getting ripped in half. But uh, from that point on, yeah, that was uh, that really meant a lot to me. And I don't know, it's it, it's constantly changing my love of movies. Like every year, it's something new. I get a new, develop a new taste for something that I find. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's a good thing. It's it's always good to have variety. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're an action movie kick. Oh, you're in a horror movie kick. You know, that's what's so, that's what's so awesome about movies is variety. Exactly. You know? exactly. Uh, but yeah, hit me up later if you get some free time, if you want to do a little Jaws video and come back here on the channel. We'll talk about some Jaws. Jaws. We'll break it down. I, 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 I always thought it was, I'm sure you guys heard this story already, but you know, we, we love Roger Corman. We got a lot of love for Roger Corman, but uh, he's fun. But when Jaws came out, Roger Corman said, we're done. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that story. It's a wow. real interview. Yeah. Roger Corman said we're done because they, he had the mon- he had the creature feature market. Huh. He had the monster market. Right. And then once Jaws came out, he's like, "That's it." We're- <laughs> he's he like, literally, he said that. Wow. Well, yeah, because yeah. they they just took that formula mm-hmm. and did it on a bigger budget and bigger scale, you know. So yeah, yeah, kind that, of really that's with what they had. <laughs> that's it's like funny. Star Wars, same thing too. So right, go ahead, Michael. No, I was just saying, uh, talking about the monsters and all that sort of stuff. I just remembered my my early um, sort of punishment from my brother. My brother used to used to terrorize me. Um, he used to babysit me at night, and he would watch the Universal monster movies. But he would make me turn my back against the TV, and he'd watch it loud, so I couldn't see it. And all I could hear was the, the you know the creatures and yeah yeah sounds. And I was like maybe three or four years old at the time. So he would crank it up and watch his universal movies and terrorize me. And I couldn't fall asleep. And then he'd turn, and then he'd turn it off and then he would actually become the monster and then chase me throughout the house. Oh, I, would, I would hide in the closet and I could see his feet coming by. Like it was like a, a movie. It was, I was just terrorized. And I, never, and I always thought about who, who is it that that's, you know, where did I get this from? Right. And it was from him, you know, <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious! Well, I I'm, I feel sorry for you. I'm going to thank him now for all that, right? Right, right. It actually turned into a positive thing later. Exactly. But yeah, older siblings, goddammit. it! 
Yeah, my oldest sister, she tortured me too with, with scary stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's a little similar with horror movies and stuff. She did the same thing. But yeah, positive. Came out, turned out positive. As you can see in the back, love horror. Gotta, you got you to gotta represent the love for horror, man. It's awesome. All right, let's get ready to talk about uh, some movies here. So over here, I don't know if you guys could see, got to represent Turbo Kid, son. Love Turbo Kid. Really, really enjoy Turbo Kid. If anyone has not seen Turbo Kid that is watching right now, make sure you guys represent and check out Turbo Kid. It's a lot of fun. But congratulations, though, uh, Michael and uh, and Andrew, for the success of Psycho Gorman. No, thank Congra- you. It's yeah, been, congratulations. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's been a fun ride. and Yeah. It's, it's been wild. Yeah, it, it's like a, it's a cult movie that actually... <laughs> has a cult following now but not like a failed cult movie where like for example snakes on a plane right and the whole concept of snakes on a plane was like this is the greatest thing of all time like when we heard about it we were like this is the great this is going to be the greatest thing ever and then of course we saw the little you know samuel jackson screaming on the plane you know i'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane right that whole scene right and we're like this is going to be the greatest movie ever and then we went to go see the movie and we we're like oh well well that happened <laughs> <laughs> and it never never really became a cult it never really had this huge cult following even though that's what they made the movie for yeah uh but a lot of people love psycho gorman i see people wearing psycho gorman shirts Everyone's posting on a you know the FSMR guy group page that they bought you know the movie and they they love it. So congratulations, that's right, Thank Raven you. Banner yeah, representing yeah. here. I I think it kind of uh, obviously Steve Kostansky is is a hugely talented filmmaker and uh, this was how many times have we worked with him now, Mike? Uh, this was our certainly our second feature of his that we released because we released his first film, Manborg. Speaking of VHS, we're actually doing a VHS release of Manborg. Uh, oh, I enjoyed like, Manborg. I liked Manborg. I thought it was fun. Yeah. yeah, so that VHS comes out later this month. That's our 10th anniversary special edition of that. But, uh, yeah, Steve is just a, such a super talented guy. He does all his own prosthetics and makeup, and he writes his own scripts. And, you know, he spent, I don't know how much, almost two years making that film. So it was a labor of love for him. And and it shows, man. When you watch it, it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But congratulations for the success of the movie. Everybody's just loving that movie. But yeah, Michael, we'll we'll go over to you and uh, and talk a little bit about your documentary here. Now, I, did, I already did a whole full panel, uh, you know, conversation with two other fellow wrestling fans, and we had fun uh, talking about the documentary because they were fans of it as well. But nail in the coffin, movie dojo army chat that's watching right now. Make sure you guys go out. Don't watch it, buy it. That's right, purchase it. That's right, it is fantastic. It's really, really, really good. And you can see, look at all, you got all the credentials right here, baby. That's right. A lot of good, positive feedback from fans and festivals. Uh, but now that I have the actual director here, let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. How was the filming well, process of this? It was long. I mean, I mean, God, it was probably like three years of filming i guess something like that um it was yeah it was it was a small crew uh two two or three of us and uh we kind of you know it was like over four years but it was like certain things so you know we'd fly to mexico city to cover an event we'd fly to los angeles for a weekend to do something so go up to thunder bay and, and visit him 
And so it was, it was over the course of a few years, you know, of, of filming. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a, it was an amazing experience. Nice, nice, nice. Now I have to ask about this scene since I have you here. How scary was this scene for you? When they, <laughs> like I, I was nervous watching it. I was like, oh shit, carrying cross. He's grabbing a chair. This is not good. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is going to die now. He is going to die. What's going to happen? So were you like freaking out or were you just kind of like, oh, well, let's just let the camera roll. See what happens. I mean, yeah, I mean, I had never seen, uh, met Karen uh, Cross uh, at the time. And he came walking into the, you know, into the room there and he was pacing around. And, and But he came in the first time I saw him. I, that's pretty much the image that I saw. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's scary. I, 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 and he and he had that look on his face, and like this is this is behind the scenes, right? This is behind the scenes, and so <laughs> it's like like okay, this this guy's intense, um, and he's he, but he, you know he's really the nicest guy ever. He's super super cool, so smart. Like I mean, it's, he's a, he's a great he's a great great guy, um, but he's you know he looks out for people, and he's 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 you know he's he's he's. Yeah, he's he 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 does definitely look out for everybody, and when when and when things are getting a little crazy, you know, he was he you know he came in instead and wanted to yeah. check it out and all that, right? So, um, but yeah, no, he was intense. It, the whole the, I mean that whole night was was intense. It's like you know you got twenty five thirty thousand people in that arena. It's it's triple mania, which is Mexico's version of WrestleMania, and right. you've got all these people here. Like everybody's alpha, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. they have so much ego and testosterone and you name it going there and it, it's wild and so we just got you know we just got like parachuted into this scene into, <laughs> behind the scenes there and it was yeah. like you know and um just we're just uh, being flying the wall right just let let just you know our whole thing was okay let's just follow vamp yeah we'll follow vamp and drama will follow him wherever he goes it'll that's you know it'll because he's running the show there, right? So anything, anytime there's something, something happening, we're like we're there. Um, and so I kind of liken it to you know organized chaos, yeah, um, almost like prison as well too, probably because you know we're, he was he's the one that was protecting us. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. but uh, I know it's awesome. It was, it was really cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was a very fascinating story to watch, and it. And you are right about you know uh, Cross being a nice guy, because at first I was like, oh god, oh god, this is not good. This is no, no god. And then later you see you know Vamp with him, and he's kind of trying to calm him down, and then he's like, calm down. He's like, I'm. So, he starts apologizing. He's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I I got I got a little heated. I'm so sorry. You know, and I was like, damn, this Cross guy is a, a, seems like a really nice guy. Just don't piss him off, right? Uh, but yeah, very fascinating story. And just, man, just the extreme matches that Vamp was in was just brutal. Just really, 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 really brutal. And him, you know, you know, living and, you know, growing up, uh, wanting to be in some kind of entertainment business, which was interesting. He was like a roadie for a while, (laughs) you know, and then, and then eventually he fell in love with Lucha Libre, but just, it was very fascinating, especially, uh, you know, him trying to raise his daughter, which he really, you know, he loved to death and really cared about her. And a lot of times with these wrestling documentaries or real life wrestling stories, there's so much on the road all the time 
that it, you know, like Ric Flair's documentary and stuff like that. Like they're, they're they're away from their family. You know what I mean? They're not there that much, and that causes a lot of conflict with the family, with the wife, and stuff like that. But he, you know, like he said in the documentary, he's like, if she's got to dance, I'm going. If she's got a performance here, I'm going. I'm gonna, you know, if I need to take her to take these lessons, I'm taking her. You know, he really showed that he had a lot of love uh, for his daughter, which was which was heartwarming. Especially when you have the other, the flip side of the documentary, which is just brutal, and him dealing with injuries, like all the injuries that he dealt with over the years. It was very, very, very fascinating. Very fascinating. And it's definitely one of the best uh, overall documentaries, uh, wrestling documentaries that I've seen in, in a really, really, really long time. So, phenomenal job, Michael. Uh, phenomenal job, my, my friend. Thank you. Clap. The clap going there. there you go. <laughs> He's just go. Thank you, thank you. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, chat movie dojo army. Make sure you guys check out Nail in the Coffin: The Fall and Rise of Vampiro. Excellent. All right, Andrew, it is your turn, my friend. Let's get into it here. So, tell us about this movie right here. This poster looks badass. <laughs> this poster looks bad. This screams samurai. Buy me now because you're going to get some badassity here. Let's talk about Sweet Karma. Well, you know, if uh, uh, so, well, that was that was my first film, uh, first feature film. Basically, you know, as we were talking about earlier, uh, Mike and I were cutting our teeth on music videos and commercials, and we had kind of been doing different things in the film industry for a long time. And we, we bumped into each other probably, I don't know what, 2007, 2008. And said, you know, let's fucking finally do something together, you know, uh, cause Mike had been working for another company, uh, doing acquisitions and I was working in television and uh, then with our third partner, uh, another buddy of ours from, from high school, we came together and we came up with this concept, Sweet Karma, uh, which is, you know, very much inspired by films like Miss 45 and uh, They Call Her One Eye. And, uh, yeah, we, we basically, I put a second mortgage on my house, on my condo. I'm still living in it. So that turned out well, uh, and we uh, we made we made that film for a hundred thousand uh, oh. dollars, and uh, and that was essentially the birth of Raven Banner. Because then nice. after that, we, we we took it out and we we sold it ourselves, and we acquired other started selling other Canadian filmmakers' films, and then other international filmmakers' films, and uh, Raven Banner was essentially born out of Sweet Karma. Love it, love it. That's an awesome. Yeah. That's a that's an awesome story. But yeah, that looks like. I mean, is it is there is there tons and tons of action in it, or it's kind of selectively spread out throughout the the film? It's selectively spread out throughout the film because, of course, when you have a hundred thousand dollars, you can't do a lot of uh, action sequences. But right, you know, right. uh, we we did our best with it. And uh, for those of you who buy the Raven Banner release of Spare Parts, you might just find a hidden easter egg um, that might allow you to watch sweet karma <laughs> all right all right <laughs> that wasn't very subtle was it <laughs> <laughs> there might be something there yeah. buy the movie first buy the movie uh but but yeah that's that's cool you, you know the the beginning of it all but yeah the poster looks yeah. badass and there's a lot of positive feedback i was reading about the film as well and speaking of positive feedback Spare parts, baby. 
Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it right now. Positive mm-hmm. feedback. Fans are digging it. And uh, all you, all I had to do, really, was just look at the cover. That's it. <laughs> I was sold. Like, no, there's no, there's no, eh, am I going to watch it? It's when I'm going to watch it. That's that's what this is, all right? We got some eye candy. We got some badassity. We looks like we got some Royal Rumble in the background. We got some weapons. I mean, come on. Let's, let's talk a little bit about spare parts. Uh, I did enjoy it, by the way, Thank <laughs> if you, you were wondering. <laughs> Yeah, like this this type of movie right here, this is for, you know what, get the beer, get your buddies together, get the pizza, get the popcorn, it's midnight, baby. It's yeah. Grindhouse Horror Movie Midnight Viewing, son. That's what this is for. That's the audience that this movie's for, which is which is me, by the way. But occasionally, yeah. I'll watch a documentary or two, you know, I gotta... Make you know, make myself make myself look smart. <laughs> but but yeah, so let's talk about spare parts. I will do the best I can to not uh, you know go into spoilers because I want the movie Dojo Army to check it out. Uh, but yeah, the Grindhouse audience, exploitation, horror, badassity, fighting, heads getting bashed in, son. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you know that ah, give that adrenaline rush. You know what I'm saying? How many movies you go see and you're just like. Ah. Now, as good and as critically acclaimed as Get Out is, critically acclaimed, Get Out, right? Mm-hmm. It's well acted. It's an entertaining flick. But at the end of at the end of that movie, I felt like Get Out gave me blue balls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it gave me blue balls. Like yeah. all the torture, the mental torture, and everything they tried to do, and what what they were you know going to do to him. After all that, in a rated R movie, why are we having PG thirteen deaths? Get the fuck out of here with that shit, man. You know, like the crazy mother putting him in the twilight zone and he's falling and all that, rubbing the cup and all that bullshit, and she gets killed off screen? This is an R-rated movie, right? Like, it's so lame. Like, he head stomped the sun, didn't show it. I'm like, what kind of R-rated movie is this? Blue balls. I want want head stomp that was in the movie Drive, son. But Ryan Gosling just... You know, then I would have been like, because I was already invested in the story, then that would have been a little highlight, a little bonus where I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Get Out did not give me the fuck yes. It gave me the... That was the thing. We wanted to try with spare parts to give you the fuck yes. We wanted to make sure that had the beats, that like, you know, that the story was always progressing and that like it started with a bang. The original script, when it came to me, it was actually the girls were rock climbers and not a rock band. And at some point of the way, we changed them from rock climbers to a, a punk band because I wanted that punk ethos in it. Uh, and then, of course, we changed the opening to them performing in a you know in concert in a small bar. Uh, and of course, shit happens, and they get <laughs> their first uh, you know fight. That uh, was so really entertaining, won- but yeah, <laughs> the opening sequence was. Yeah, I mean the lead singer already was like they're they were badasses themselves. Like they were like, all right, fuck it, we, they're about to come up here and fight. We gonna fight. Stop playing. We're gonna fight. I'm gonna spear a guy into the crowd. You know, I like how the singer w- was singing, and then she like flew the the mic, <laughs> hit the guy like in the head, and then, yeah. yeah, did it like a Mortal Kombat scorpion. You know, went back to back to herself, and she kept singing. You know, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was I was cracking up. Uh, but yeah, see, let me go to the chat over here. Uh, the sexy sumo says, "Oh, wait, hold on, I clicked on the wrong comment. Hold on a second, <laughs> but I'm sure it's sexy sumo. We want a Kurt Russell head stomp from Death Proof. Yes, 
Yeah, that's what we did. We didn't get that in Get Out. Uh, but yeah, here's his comment right here. He goes, hot chicks with mechanical killer parts take my money. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Got to have some fun. Yeah. But so yeah, that, what, that, what, was, idea, what was the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that idea was some pitched of the, to us at, at, at TIFF probably six years ago. Uh, we were there and, and this writer from Scotland came up to us and pitched us a bunch of ideas and that was one of them. And uh, Mike and I heard it and we're like, that's, that's, you know, that's a great log line, you know, girls getting kidnapped, drugged, wake up to find their arms have been removed and replaced with, with, with weaponry. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, it, but even with us running Raven Banner, it's hard to get a movie made. So it took almost five years to get that movie off the ground. Oh, wow. Uh, we, we, we did like a, a proof of concept uh, for it many years ago. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, we, we finally got the financing for it. Uh, and we went into production, I think it was September 2018. And uh, we shot up in Northern Ontario. So about two and a half hours, three hours outside of Toronto. And so by end of September, beginning of October, it's fucking cold up there. So those girls, they were in like, you know, wearing next to nothing, actually battling outside in an actual <laughs> auto wrecking yard that we turned into this arena. Yeah, uh, that arena looked dope. It looked really, and, really, really good. Yeah. And so like we built that out of real crushed cars. And oh, shit. Wow. We had to clear, we had to clear the, the, the ground there for any glass debris and metal debris. And then we put like a foot of of dirt in there to to give them padding and safety hey buddy how you doing i'm, I'm kind of on camera right now uh, <laughs> and uh yeah it, it was it was cold it was tough it, it rained almost every fucking day that we were out there oh, uh, wow. we had 18 days to pull it all together uh so it's it, it was a stupidly ambitious film for the money and the time that we had but uh right. you know I, I i think we pulled it off or you know hey i enjoyed yeah. it you pulled Thank it off. We had a, a, a good, really solid uh, stunt coordinator. James Mark was working with us on it. And he he helped us really kind of put together all those scenes. And Andrew and him worked did scenes like before the shoot. You know, in in his uh, in, at his dojo, and they, they nice. did all the work and all that. So it was really cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah that was. You know, the the, the problem is is that like so many people are used to watching Marvel movies nowadays, and you see the action sequences in those, and they're they're insane. And and they probably spend as much time working on those action sequences on one action sequence as we do shooting an entire movie. So we shot those action sequences. We the girls rehearsed for about a month in advance, and we basically planned out every single shot. So in, in those action sequences, every shot that you see is is the only shot essentially of that moment. Like we just got the shot we needed and then moved on. Uh, so we shot wow. all those action sequences in basically six days. So, wow! No and then way. Spend, then, the, then the other twelve days shooting all the narrative portion of the film. Wow! So yeah, you made yeah. this in eighteen days. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. But yeah, uh, my next question. I think Michael kind of answered it a little bit. But uh, did the girls themselves get any special training for all the fight scenes? Yeah. So so they did. They they went and they did. Uh, you know, they were all like we cast them based on their physicality. Like all these girls. You know, um, Emily, for instance, she was actually um, Jennifer Lawrence's stunt double in uh, the movie Mother. So oh, a lot of these right. girls, they, they had that background. So nice. uh, so it was, it was easy for us to 
you know, teach them the moves. So as, as Mike was saying, James, our stunt coordinator, kind of planned all the moves like a, a choreography. And then they came in and they learned the moves and uh, we shot them. So I, I would say, you know, a good portion of the film, it's, it's them doing their own stunts. And then anytime that, you know, you see them getting like body slammed really hard. Yeah. That's, of course, when you bring in a, a stunt double. Right. Right, so. right. Right. As you should. That's awesome, though, that they were still capable to handle all the action. Yeah. As much as they could. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty badass. Uh, this actor right here, uh, is this Julian? Is that his name? Julian Richings, yeah. Good actor. Yeah. This guy's a really good actor. I've seen him in several things. He was. I loved how he played a, a character called Death. Or he played Death, technically, in a show, Supernatural. He's really good. But yeah, every t- everything I've seen this guy in, he's a really, really, really good actor. He just kind of kind of steals scenes <laughs> that he's in from everyone else that's in the room with him. He's, um, but yeah, he, really good. He, yeah, he's, he's a veteran Canadian actor. He was in Cube. Uh, he was in Man of Steel. Uh, he's been in so many films from like uh, big budget films to to low budget. And and that's the great thing about him. He's, he's just a great working actor and he's so humble and so kind and so giving of his time. Uh, it was It was a real pleasure to work with him. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. It sounds like you guys had a blast. No, no injuries, nothing, nothing serious. No, there was, there was one day where, again, we shot up in this place called Sudbury and I, I, I learned only by shooting there that, uh, they're essentially surrounded by lakes and at any given time, like the weather can just change dramatically. And, uh, one night we were shooting, Julian was up in the day, the DS, uh, and you know, we had all the lights up there and the camera up there and this big, thunder lightning storm windstorm just came in we quickly had to like take everything down move everybody away uh or else like we were uh, fearful that the set was actually going to get blown over and so we actually lost half a day of shooting uh yeah because of that but uh other than that uh it was a pretty smooth sailing shoot nice awesome and if there's any uh grindhouse uh midnight viewing mayhem fans out there just look at this shot. That's it. That's it. That badass shot right there. If that interests you, by all means, make sure you guys check out Spare Parts. But I love that shot. Flamethrower, you know, spiked mace in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Bloody as hell. I loved it. No PG-13 bullshit in an R-rated movie. Get the fuck out of here. Get out. Get out. Get out. Sorry. Had to rant there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Spare Parts was a blast. I, I did enjoy that a lot. All right. Thank you. Glad All to hear. All right. Gabriel, how you doing there? You're awake? I'm awake. I'm listening. Right? You know, it's just really, you know, soaking everything up that Andrew and, and Mike are saying. And I'm like, is that Emily, Emily Alatail, uh in, in, in Spare Parts? And I remember Raven Banner picked up my very first film back in 2000. Nine, ten. If a tree falls, ten years ago, they were so supportive of us. Nobody's, still nobody's. But and Emily was like the in the first five minutes of that film. So it's amazing to see her progress. And now it's like in these you know crazy big grindhouse movies as a stunt and do, doing all this crazy stuff. So it's it's a trip to hear all these stories. I'm just sitting back, chilling, listening, soaking, soaking it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. But let's talk about your movie. 
Well, that's the wrong one. <laughs> that's the wrong one. <laughs> well, no, that's an, early, an earlier attempt. Yeah, that was earlier in 2015. The Demolisher. That was um, that was the film that uh, you know I, I put a lot of my, all my own money into it and uh, just went out and you know that was that was a, that was tough. Um, there was no script and right. uh, oh, just. <laughs> Was, but just but look at all the positive feedback on this poster here. Now the very I mean it's, that's pretty awesome. But the, the the very of course samurai guy. I'm gonna, what, what am I going to be drawn towards? Lives up to its title in its brutal intensity, right? So yeah, you got to tell me what this is about, man. It's it's just a man who becomes unhinged. Uh, his his wife has suffered a major accident, and uh, nothing was being done about it. Um, so it's just kind of this drama that unfolds at home just the two of them and you know she she's paralyzed and it's just that tension that gets created between the two and he slowly loses his mind and just goes down this dark path and oh, finds shit. finds someone who's innocent and uses them as a scapegoat um for his vengeance on what he does on the streets at night um so that's kind of the end of it and at the end of the film there's kind of a, a turnaround but um, so, that, so he's a vigilant. He's a vigilante. He's essentially, yeah, he's a vigilante. The, the movie. I'm is sold. Kind of, I'm sold. <laughs> that's all I need to hear. Vigilante. It's kind of like the moments that you don't see in the Punisher when the Punisher is shooting everybody. That's the yeah. thing. Like, there's not a lot of action in it. It's kind of like the moments that are at home and the psychological warfare that's going on with him and his wife. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but then when he does hit the streets, you know, it's crazy. It's brutal intensity. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. I got to check that one out. All right, Reese. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh no! I was trying to highlight some early work here, and I heard, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, that's really that's really going back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, "Hey, don't play that movie." I don't want. I'm even in that one. Yes. Oh, all right, Dead Genesis Zombies. We got some zombies up in here. What's going on? I, I even yeah. saw Emily's name there. Yeah, that's Emily. Emily stars in that movie. Oh, oh shit! My God. I don't even know what to tell you about Dead Genesis. I shot that. That felt like another <laughs> lifetime ago. I think it was twenty when I made that. <laughs> oh my goodness! You still look um, twenty now. What are you talking about? Thank you. I appreciate. <laughs> it. Um, well, let me see. Like I said, I was a big George Romero guy, as you know, and uh, right. I wanted to do something that was set in that specific world, and that was kind of my loving homage to uh, to George Romero. We shot it for $6,000 back in 2009. It was just a little backyard project that I didn't think would really do anything. Yeah. Um, We just went out and made it, and we shot it in like 15 days with some friends. Everybody worked on it for free, like on $6,000. Nobody's nobody's getting paid anything. Right, freelance. And it ended up kind of becoming something. And these wonderful folks at Raven Banner, they picked it up and – Thanks to them, they put it out in the world, and a lot of people saw it, for better or for worse. So. <laughs> well, I, you know, I wanted and to it's highlight. It's me again today. <laughs> oh no! I can't hopefully, get away from it. Hopefully, in a good way. I'm sorry. I'm. I apologize. I, I. You know, honestly, I haven't seen it in almost ten years, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'd be curious to revisit it, but it's yeah. Uh, but I, I, I it was to my highlight. first movie. It was my first yeah. feature film. So yeah, I wanted to you, highlight you every... Night of the Living Dead. Uh... No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this, that was even older. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to chat and movie Dojo Army to you know see your earlier works. At least they you know they 
you know, little little history lesson for well, those yes. that are well, watching. Well, because Dead Genesis and If a Tree Falls, those movies. I mean, we shot them like one year apart. I think yeah, each other in the same woods like, too. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Emily, everyone yeah. was yeah. you know right. Yeah, copy like, that. They're copy like, that. They're like they're like blood brothers essentially. That's yeah. that's what started. Shay, you're right. That's a good that's a good starting point to lead into Vicious because thank you, that thank was, you. That I, was that yeah. was kind of how we. I mean, we yeah. were already friends, but uh, right. It's just funny that the, the kind of symbiotic relationship if a tree falls and dead Genesis have, and the fact that they were both put out by Raven Banner. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's here true. we are. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years so later. Was a did you guys plan on hey let's do a movie together let's do it or just kind of just fell into you guys' hands? You're like oh let's let's knock it out together, or did you guys you know, I want to work with that guy and do a movie? Yeah, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, we'd always we've worked on each other's movies in some capacity. And we're usually acting in each other's movies for yeah. better or for worse. And um, uh, <laughs> acting, yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we've been friends for over 10 years. I mean, we always meet up and we talk about movies and we've been wanting to do something together. And we always joked about it and teased it and nothing ever really came out of it. And then finally, after the release of two different features we did, uh, a few years ago, we we're we we're sitting in a food court, and and Gabe's like constantly pitching stuff, and he's always pitching. And sometimes I just like glaze over as these yeah. ideas fly past me. But for some reason, this specific idea that would become for the sake of vicious just hit me right in the face, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Would you mind if I if I wrote that? Because I nice. thought maybe I'll write it for him, and yeah. then um, it's something he can go make." Gabe, you start talking. I'm talking too much here. <laughs> no, no, that's, no that's, that's pretty much it. And then he wrote it, and I read it. It's like, let's go shoot it, you know? And we, uh, well, not well, it wasn't like that, but I liked yeah. the first draft. And then that's when Raven Banner came on board. Because as you learn as independent filmmakers, is, you know, <laughs> just don't go out and take the first script you get and go shoot the film. Get get some input. By <laughs> there people, you go. People who know how this stuff works, right? And, uh, yeah. You know, it's like, let's, you know, bring it to Raven Banner and, and get their input on it and whatnot. And, you know, they they were on it day one, essentially, uh, you know, um, James and then Abby um, as well. The other two producers, um, it was just kind of a nice big circle group of everyone kind of moving it around. But it was essentially, yeah. it was the same script. Pretty much, right. some of the things changed. Like the original concept was, it took place during a summer, okay, uh, in the summer during a blackout, kind of just like you know that. Uh, there's a movie in the '90s with Elizabeth Shue called The Trigger Effect, and um, okay, yeah, I kind of remember that. I'm obsessed with that movie. I don't know why it's so good, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was, it was it was great. Nice. So here we go, baby, <clears throat> for the sake of vicious. That's right. Love the poster. Nothing good this way comes. Love the tagline. And again, positive feedback. A lot of positive feedback here. But I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Samurai don't bullshit. Samurai don't bullshit. I don't care who's who's a guest here. All right. Samurai's always honest. Okay. 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 I fucking hate it. No, it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Actually, let me rephrase that how Samurai usually says it. This movie's not phenomenal. It's fucking phenomenal. That's right. <laughs> These kind of movies, uh, this is my shit. This is my shit where it's just, 
a few characters in one same location and the acting performance the 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 the, the hard task of the task that you guys had to complete of making it suspenseful have that tension building and rising through the storytelling and making it I'm trying really hard to not spoil anything here, but I have a term here on the movie dojo. It scratches the itch. Okay. And it does either. It's an action movie and it's the action's amazing in there and I'm losing my mind. It scratches the fucking action, action itch. This did it for me for horror. Like I really, and really, really enjoyed this a lot. Like I went in blind. I went in blind. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't read the plot synopsis on IMDb, which I highly recommend. Chat and Movie Dojo Army that's watching right now. Do not click the trailer. Do not read the plot synopsis. Go in blind like I did. It's a better viewing experience. We don't know what's going to happen. Okay? And it's going to be hard to talk about this without, uh, <laughs> even with these screenshots. I don't even want to show these screenshots. Because <laughs> I just, but I, you know, I want to I highlight some things. I want to spread the word because I really want the Movie Dojo Army to go out and check this movie out. And I love the panel of guests that we have today in the three different films, three different flavors. It's awesome. This is why we're here. We love film. We love talking about it. And you guys love making it. And, yeah, so, so for the sake of Vicious, really, really badass. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys do the best that you can, you know, to explain the plot without spoiling it. And uh, we'll go from there. Well, I mean, you can, you kind of said it there, Sam. Right? I mean, we don't in, yeah. in our ideal world, we don't want yeah. anybody to see the trailer. That's read true. The stuff That's true. Either. Okay, I'll do the best That's I can. Well, go, sell your movie for the other <laughs> All right, I'm going to click on some of these images. You can talk about the filmmaking process and the actors and all that. Well, that all that fun stuff. But yeah, without spoiling anything, yes. right at the beginning, right at the beginning, when the nurse gets home, yeah, I was I was on the edge of my seat. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, shit. What is going on here? Like, what is happening? You know, like, wait, what the fuck is going on now? Like, what, what is going on with, these, with, with this character, these characters? But somebody, without spoiling anything, has got some major beef. <laughs> He's got some major beef. He's got an issue. He's got a problem with somebody. And it's with this character right here. And all the actors in this movie did a really good job, a really good job selling it. And again, these type of movies, they're hard to do. People think it's easy. Oh, it's just a couple characters hanging out in one, 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 one set. Ah, it should be easy. It's hard to do. It's hard to make that compelling. You know what I mean? It's very hard to do. That's why 12 Angry Men is one of the greatest movies ever made. Absolutely. And you wouldn't think Samurai Guy, that'd be up my alley, but I, I love that movie. <laughs> And how, it must have been, I mean, imagine trying to sell that now. Hey, go to Universal Studios or a big, you know, big production company. Hey, 12 guys talking in a room, the movie. Huh? Yeah, you like that? It's probably not going to work, right? Uh, but you guys made it work, you know, with these, just a small group. Was it like maybe three main characters, right? In a way, three main yep. characters, right? Yep. And in and, and the house, that's it. Yep. That's the movie. That's it. Uh, but without spoiling anything... Other characters appear, and cinematography was really good. You know what really stood out to me, especially in Spare Parts 2, I forgot to mention earlier. I really like the soundtracks. I really like the score to uh, Spare Parts and this film as well. 
it, it, it kept the tone and the feel of the movie where it needs to be. Uh, you didn't have any awkward rap music come out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> hey, brand new Godzilla movie coming out. Hey, let's throw some rap music in the trailer. What? No, I love the movie. It was it was it was a lot of fun, but I was like, why rap? What is going on? Why you got rap music? Uh, nothing against rap music, but it has its place for certain things, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, cinematography was really good. Who was your cinematographer? Alex uh, Alex Tong. He's also a, a Guelph Guelph native. There's a pocket of us here. Um, yeah, Alex. Copy that. Shouts out to Alex. But another another thing about the film that stands out a lot to me is you don't know who to trust. Mm. You don't know who to trust. I mean, it was it was directed and acted so well. I was guessing. I was like, what the what, wait a minute? What's going on with this character now? You know, it kept the movie kept me guessing. It kept me on my feet. And then again, without spoiling anything, there's other characters. <laughs> In the movie. Uh, but all I'm going to say is when shit hits the fan. That's all I'm going to say. When shit hits the fucking fan. You like that? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. When shit hits the fan, it's fucking intense. I had absolutely no... I was not prepared. I had absolutely no idea. The kind of movie I was about to watch. I was like, oh, maybe it's some kind of slasher flick or something, right? Or some biker horror movie or something. Oh, no, 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 nay, nay. It's, it's something totally different, and I really enjoyed it. It was very unexpected. And uh, well acted, well shot, really enjoyed it. But, of course, my favorite selling point of the film, it's fucking brutal, man. <laughs> it is fucking brutal. It scratches the motherfucking gore itch. It scratches the itch. I was not disappointed with the gore. It just enhanced things. And again, without spoiling anything, was it extremely difficult to do the set pieces that occur in such a small space? Was that hard to do or your stuntman just knocked it out? Our stuntman knocked it out. Yeah. Nice. You should also yeah. talk about the the, uh, the house itself, the location that you guys, you know, had the opportunity to, to play in. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the house was awkward because, you know, it was an older home, but for some reason it was smaller. Like this the stairwell. It was almost like a house of four hobbits. That's like <laughs> like like even like me and Reese, like if we went up the stairwell, like that's it. Like you, you can't have to like it was so narrow and small in the room. So when you're doing these takes, everyone is outside. Um, in the trailer or in another room of the house and there's you just literally have the cameraman and the sound guy our, our amazing sound Dave Moffat he was in that back room behind Nick there that little dark shadow spot that oh, room wow. uh, was basically the sound room and he sat in there the whole time uh, <laughs> so when we just shoot in there we, we truffle him out but yeah like Mike was saying the house was just a strange house too it was very characteristic originally the film uh, it was like kind of like a bungalow, the house, long hallways kind of thing going on. We were going to build it as a set, but then that fell through and um, Reese uh, had some connections and they hooked up this old house and we walked inside and we we're like, we're going to have to redo all our storyboards because him and I, the summer before, were acting stuff out in this basement, yeah. we're, you know, putting forks to each other's throats and, <laughs> you know, while we're eating Chinese food, planning that stuff, <laughs> all that. Yeah gone and uh you know thanks to our incredible stunt team what would happen is 
um, we lit each room in the house very eminently that was top lit. So we can get 360 degrees. So I was drilling uh, holes through the floors, hopefully not getting electrocuted by wires because this yeah. is a mining and set. Why not? And so we can throw cords through the, the root or through the floors. Um, and, you know, the camera department having a fit watching me do this, running at the Home Depot to get a drill. But it needs to be done because the last thing we need is a black fucking cord that's going up the wall. When the camera passes, like, oh, there's a black cord that's, you know, with the light. So we made sure that all the lighting in the house was top lit. So our camera department can do 360. That way we could focus on the stunt team and the stunt team wasn't limited. So you put them in the room, me and Reese left. They were with the talent and they worked something out with the script, what we wanted using our ideas. And then they threw all their amazing, whatever they do. Um, and Reese and I would come to set, bring in the camera. And it was, it was almost like a dance. It was a ballet. Um, and and the the stunt team were the stars of that for sure with 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 the actors like recently it was I, intense. It yeah, was we're not intense. taking any credit for that because that was that was yeah. TJ Adam Dorian uh, all those guys like Nick yeah Nick yeah it was uh, yeah, yeah the, the fight scenes funny enough though at the end of the day were some of the easier things to do on the film just because of the the robotic nature of shooting fight scenes. Gotcha. And as Andrew said, I mean, we didn't have the same prep time that they did, but you would just work out the different sections and chunks of it, and then you would just shoot those specific chunks. And once you had those set up, it was just kind of, okay, go, okay, go, okay, go, okay, go. And the next thing you know, you were out of the scene, and that was it. The fight, it was over. It was actually, it was some of the more tense, dramatic tension scenes that were the hardest stuff to do but uh, oh all right the fight stuff i mean it's it's very it becomes more of just like you're working with another team and you're figuring out the science behind it you know and it was but it's still gotcha. a lot of fun but, um but yeah especially the, the bathroom are, fight. that was i was just getting ready to mention that <laughs> the the bathroom set piece the bathroom set piece yeah, yes. the, bathroom so the, set yeah the bathroom was actually a bedroom and recently, oh. when we got the house, we had to use the actual bath. The actual bathroom in the house was the size of the closet, so we had to use that bathroom to go, you know, to go to the washroom with everyone else. Yeah. So we converted that bedroom into a bathroom. So Reese and I went on Facebook Facebook Marketplace, drove around, and picked up free toilets, um, the free sink, all this bathroom stuff. Ripped the carpet out because the bathroom had to be big. And now in real life, if you walked into that bathroom in real life, I don't think there's a bathroom that big right. in real life. Like, they don't just exist. No, um, not like that. <laughs> you haven't seen mine. We need it. We need it to, you know, because it wouldn't have been drawn out, I think, if it was in a small little. Uh, yeah, yeah. Andrew's yeah. is huge. Yeah. <laughs> Gold plated, everything. Based yeah. it off of Andrew's bathrooms. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was intense. There was it felt real at times. I was like, dude, this is crazy, man. But yeah, phenomenal, fucking phenomenal movie. Really enjoyed it. And uh yeah, just had a blast. So movie dojo army, chat. That's right. Check out for the sake of vicious. Check out Nail in the Coffin. Check out Spare Parts. Make sure you watch it at midnight with friends with beer and popcorn, baby. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed all three of these movies, and uh, now uh, I don't want to keep you guys too long. But what's coming? What's coming out next? Future projects, plans? What do you got? What do you got going, Michael? We'll start with Michael. Right now, we're just we're just focusing on on our next round of projects to, that we're we're producing. 
uh, for myself, I'm just looking for that next, you know, idea. Because you, when you make a doc, you're going to live with it for four or five years, so you better like it, right? You know? <laughs> right, right. You know, that sort of thing. So, but but producing, we're, we're doing a movie right now. We're in post on a, a movie called The Breach. Uh, that's very exciting. So that's uh, should be ready maybe by the fall. So that one's, that one's good. Any, any tidbits or we can't talk we got, about Well, it no, we got um, – well, Andrew, you want to tell a little bit? Sure. Uh, that one came to us quite a few years ago, but um, uh, basically I'm working on my new film right now called The Fight Machine, which was written by a guy by the name of Craig Davidson, who wrote a movie called Rust and Bone. Craig also writes horror novels under the name uh, Nick Cutter, and he wrote a book called The Troop, uh, so, which is a very popular uh, book, and James Wan's company is, is in development on that one. So, so Craig, as Nick Cutter, uh, wrote an original screenplay for us, which became the breach and uh we went into production with it last uh september and it was uh directed by uh uh rodrigo godino uh who helped found rue morgue magazine and uh so yeah so that's uh in post now and it stars emily alitalo who's in spare parts oh nice, uh, nice so there nice. you go uh, emily nice. should have been here with us tonight yeah. shout, out, shout out to emily yeah exactly shout out to exactly. emily you're always, you're always welcome here emily just give, give me a call let me know let michael know it's amazing how many of our productions she's actually been in uh all That's things awesome. considered yeah. Uh, yeah, she's great speaking about metal we got uh we got slash who's uh on board as an executive producer and doing working on the score for the film as well Oh shit! So yeah. um, we have we we worked with him on a, a, a film that he produced called Nothing Left to Fear a few years ago. We had a great experience. Oh, I, I like that. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. really cool. Really cool film. And and he did the score for that. He likes to do that uh, when he has time, obviously, between all his stuff. And um, and then we were working with him on with Rod with Rod, Rodrigo on another project. It didn't quite work out. And so it was just one of those things where it all kind of. This came up and everything. The stars lined up, and and uh, he's now noodling away, working on some music, and it's sounding really cool. Nice. It's, it's nice to hear. You hear this stuff like he just, you know, he works on some stuff for a scene, and he sends it over, and and uh, it's it's awesome. So it's going to add a whole new like another layer to the movie. So we're excited for that. Nice, nice. Yeah. I'm pumped. Oh, uh, speaking of pumped, did you say fight machine? Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's uh, it's more of a drama, to be honest. Uh, it's a okay. drama, but it, it's about illegal bare knuckle boxing, and uh, uh, you know, making spare parts was you know a great way to cut my teeth because spare parts was my first film in ten years as a director, and so oh, wow. to go for, right from spare parts uh, and about a year and a not even a year and a <clears> half <throat> later onto the fight machine, you know, yeah. for relatively the same budget, same production schedule, uh, it was. Uh, it really helped us like with, or at least me with these fight scenes. And so I'm, I'm really proud of the fight scenes in this movie. They're, uh, they're, they're pretty brutal. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sold. Okay. Fight machine with bare knuckle brawling in it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Sam, I go and check it out. But yeah, I, I, maybe I, we, I, we I, can I talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Have you seen, uh, have you seen, I was going to say, which one is it? Have you seen rust and bone? The other, the other film that rust uh, and bone. I don't know rust why that sounds bone. familiar. It, What's it about it's a French again? Film, a French film. It was uh, directed by Jacques Odierd. Uh, more of a drama, but okay. um, uh, it was based off of uh, Craig's collection of short stories. 
And so, so there's some similar characters, similar kind of world uh, to Rust and Bone uh, that takes place in uh, the Fight Machine. So, oh, all right, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, cool. But I'm, I'm, I'm just literally in post on that right now. Like just today, I delivered my final cut to our post house uh, this morning. I did some final tweaks to it yesterday, and uh, and then we're going to start mixing it this this month, and uh, you know, hopefully go through the film festival circuit and whatnot. So probably not until next year, sometime, will it uh, see the light of day. And yeah, I should baby. say that spare parts comes out. Uh, via RLJE in the States on June 1st. So nice. uh, less than a month away. It's going to be on DVD, Blu-ray, and, 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 and video on demand. Nice, nice. Make sure you guys check that out. Spare parts. And keep an eye out for Fight Machine. That's right. Gabe and Reese, what's on the, what's on the horizon? Because you kicked it off pretty badass here for the sake of Vicious. What's, what, any plans, ideas? What's going on in the future? Um, I got uh, one of the Avi Fedegreen. Um, he's kind of developing a project with us right now. It's a crazy. Uh, I guess I could just say it's like a crazy creature, feature, monster type film that's a completely different vibe and twist. I haven't seen anything out there like it. I really like it. So nice uh, with that, and then there's a few other things that you know probably can't say, but there's yeah. There's more in the pipeline. Yeah, you can tell me off the air. You can tell. Yeah, me. I'll, I'll, I'll. <laughs> I'm looking at it. creature at feature sold. Creature feature, I'm sold. <laughs> Reese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything coming out? Any plans? Any yeah, ideas I mean, of what you want to? Much like Gabe, just kind of developing some stuff on the side. Uh, I saw last week that uh, Suze Romero, George Romero's wonderful wife, announced that uh, before he passed away, he had written a outline for his final zombie film, Twilight of the Dead, that's looking for a filmmaker. So now I have a mission in life. I yes. need to be the guy who directs Twilight of the Dead. I'm just saying it here. That's then, it. I'll be, then I'll be done. That's it. That's I'll, right. I'll, I'll be happy. Make that'll it be, happen. That'll be Make full it circle happen. from watching Day of the Dead, and I'd be like, done. That'd be, I'm good. That'd that's be it. dope. So. <laughs> that's, I approve of this. I approve of this decision. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's, but that's my you, mission. You'd think you'd think a lot of other directors would be fighting to get to that get at that script. Is she oh, I'll not... fight machine their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me in a ring with all of them. I'll beat that's, them all down. That's right. Cut your arm <laughs> off, put a chainsaw on it, like yeah. spare parts. Yeah. Fuck I will, them up. I will, go, I will go through all of this. You've seen yeah. for the sake of vicious. I've that's got a right. mind, you know. <laughs> extreme de- extreme death matches like Vampiro's yeah. been in, right? Fuck yeah. it. Barbed wire. Throw me in there, guys. I'll, I'll get this done. So. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that, that he did one more script. Wow, that's fascinating. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking of uh, zombie flakes, in your opinion, because now it's time for the fun questions. Now, in your opinion, Night of the Living Dead, Tom Savini, Tony Todd remake, is it better than the original? Anybody can answer. Short answer is no. Okay. That's a very difficult question because I really like his remake. Right, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty damn solid. But Gabe? the original is the original. Right. Gabe, yay I, or nay? I 100% agree with Reese. The original is the original, hands down. Andrew? You always got to go with the original. You always. Michael, but, be, but, a re- be a rebel, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish kidding. I could. I wish I could. No, no, I think the original just for, for yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. Nice. Name some of the remakes that actually were good. 
besides uh, using this as an example, what's some other horror remakes that came out in the last couple of years? Well, horror remakes in general, the majority, of the, majority of the time suck. Which one? The Hills have, well, I mean, it's uh, what, almost 15 years old, but The Hills Have Eyes Yes, still stands out during the whole hard horror remake thing yes. going on. That's still, you watch that movie now and he's like, they, they just elevated it, right? And now there's a lot of remakes that kind of just do a lot of fan service. Yeah. And audiences are becoming smarter now. So mm-hmm. to me, that's one that stands out. Yeah, Hills of Eyes uh, remake. I actually rewatched that last year, and it's a straight up action movie. In the third act, people oh, getting yeah. tackled, people getting tackled through walls, <laughs> fighting with weapons. Like it was, it was pretty pretty badass action horror flick in a yeah, way. That was the film where Reese and I always talk about this when we watch movies. Go, oh, they get there, but they don't. That's the film where they went. They they turned up the amp on that right there. Yeah. Like yes. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Andrew, you had something? I I think the Suspiria remake was pretty fucking cool. That too, you know? that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you recommend I check it out? I have not seen it. It's yeah, good? but 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 again, it, it's one of those ones where it's just so different from the original that to call it a remake just seems like it's not doing it justice, right? So it's like, like a like, reboot. Like, yeah, I guess you could say that. But you know, like they, like they both stand on their own two feet. You know what I mean? But. Uh, to me, it just—it's—it's it, it's not like it's a remake in name only, because obviously it, it, it explores the same story and themes, but uh, it, it was done in a very different way. Like they were not trying to do, uh, you know, just copycat uh, or generally. yeah, they weren't trying. Like they 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 did their own their own brought their unique take to the film, and and it was really fucking cool. So, all right, I'm gonna have to check it out. I agree because I heard so many mixed things. They're like, "Oh, the is a disgrace to the original," and then well, other people but, were but, like, but "No, it's it. actually legit." Yeah, yeah. If if you're expecting a you know paint by numbers remake of the original, yeah, you're going to be disappointed, right? Okay. All right. Well, at least I know what to expect. I'll probably end up liking it then. Yeah. Cool. Michael, horror remakes. Any favorites? I can't. I got nothing that comes to mind right right now per se. Um, I'm, what I mean, what I'm just you know, I, I I think about like the thing, for example, right? And and not that the remake was my, but the, there was a first one, right? It was like a 1950 version of the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And then of course there's Carpenter's thing, which of course is like for me that's that's it's, one of the movies that yeah uh, fucking influenced me. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, the other one, the, the the remake itself, that one I I didn't. I don't. I don't think I've, I've watched it in, in its entirety, and that's not because I didn't like it or anything like that. Um, but the um, what I'm interested about is that I think they 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 got the book right the the original uh, story. Is that right? Or is anybody like there's like an original book? Yeah, to the thing? who goes there? Right, and so yeah. I think I think that what they're going to do is uh, maybe make another one and actually oh. do a. Um, uh, an, another remake in that sense, but more to, more to that because I think they found pages. I think there was some like a oh. section of the book. There's something there was there that the, it's like something kind of they unearthed something. I I, I can't remember exactly right. what it is. Right. Um, but it, it's basically now like you know open to being uh, a, a, a new version. So I think, and I think that's I think it's Blumhouse. I think they're going to. Mm work on and i think they're gonna they're gonna kill it with that one 
Oh man! Well, it was, speaking of speaking of that, The Fly, of course, David Cronenberg's yes. The Fly yeah, was, oh, yeah, a, course, yeah, was yeah. a remake of a 1950s horror film, right? And so that was a film that certainly I think was superior to the original. Yes, so. I, I I agree with that. You know, yeah. it's just uh, Goldblum is great. <laughs> He's great in the <laughs> remake, uh, but the original had the help me, help me. <laughs> it's 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 phenomenal. But I, I I like the original though. But yeah, the the Cronenberg completely uh, surpasses it. Speaking of the Fly, I've never seen the Fly two. Do you guys recommend that I should should I even bother? Or it's actually I, pretty. I think, or the I, effects are good. It's fun to watch because it's it's more of you know like Cronenberg's The Fly is you know, it's obviously a big gross out, but it's far more cerebral. Where right right the Fly two is just a full on like creature effects show you know oh it's like everything's dialed up to 12 and they just go full in with all the crazy effects and chris wallace who did the special makeup effects for the fly directed the fly too and it's oh. essentially like a giant show reel for his company it's not a great movie but there's some okay. cool shit in there so okay so the practical effects are cool they're they're I worth think checking so. out yeah yeah and oh. it's trigger warning for anybody who has a thing with dogs because it's devastating <laughs> oh no, no, no. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember that though. Yeah. Scenes just like heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to check it out. Uh you know. Just to see those practical effects, man. It's all yeah, about the eighties, man. Yeah. It's all the about the eighties. Yeah. I mean there's so many there's so many cool films like, you know, during that time that really kind of, you know, became iconic. You know, you got the yeah. fly, you got alien, you know, the thing. Yeah. All these sort of these movies that have, that, that have inspired all of us here, you know, right now, right? It's, yeah. Yeah, the 80s is, it's the greatest decade of all time. Sorry. <laughs> I'm biased. No, <laughs> no there's it's great stuff now. Uh, but yeah, there's so many, like Michael was saying, so many iconic stuff did come out of the 80s. Uh, what do you guys think of the, I, I see the comment over here, uh, Heather pointed out the I Spit on Your Grave remake. Did you guys see that? I did when it first came out. Would, uh, was it solid? Did you like it? I don't remember, to be honest. I saw it, and... Uh, you didn't hate it? Like it was No, like I didn't hate it, but it was one of those things like, why did they remake it? And there's like two more movies. Isn't there like a Spitting the Grave 3? So, yeah. It's a thing? trilogy now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope with a different person. It's <laughs> 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 kind of fucked up as the same person. Oh, yes. but uh, <laughs> Unless you just go straight vigilante for the next yeah. two movies and just kills all the scumbags, which, which I'm all for as well. Uh, but yeah, there's just so many great horror flicks in the eighties, man. You got reanimator, you know, and different, different flavors. You know, you got the horror comedies, you know, Oh, since I have you guys here, there's always this debate. I love evil dead too. Posters right up here. I love evil dead. I love army of darkness. I love the first, I love the first evil dead, but the debate that's never going to end. But since I have you badasses here, I'm I got to ask you guys, was evil dead Two meant to be a comedy? Oh, for or sure. Was Sam Raimi I mean, trying I, to do both? Was he I trying mean, to do I, both? I always felt it was. A, I always thought it was a comedy. I mean, I, I was. I, I, I laugh from beginning to end. I wasn't. I wasn't. I remember seeing it in the theater. It was amazing. But that's well, that, that, that's that's where he cuts his. He has he wrestles his hand, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's classic, right? You know. But, but yeah. the, the the very fact that the the he called the 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 uh you know the infected people he called them shemps after Shemp from the Three yeah. Stooges, that right there yeah. tells you everything, right? Right, so. right. 
Yeah, plus all the there's so many Three Stooges gags. Even in Army of Darkness, there was Three Stooges gags. Yeah, there. the poking in the eyes, and mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, but but the thing is that of course you know we, we always have this debate at Raven Banner like because you know we we have a lot of filmmakers bringing us uh, you know horror comedies, and and we we you know we sometimes use Evil Dead Two as that you know that benchmark because it was horror first and comedy second. Right. Like you know like if anything the comedy kind of like kind of cut through some of that tension that the horror was delivering but it was it was not comedy first and horror as an afterthought the, the the horror was first and foremost in your face and then you right. kind of laughed at the uncomfortable fucked up you know nature of the situation right 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 so you, you're, you're the... finding the comedy in 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 the in the horror itself right right thoughts on the remake the evil dead remake uh-huh oh it's awesome I liked it. It's uh, the director it's, took it and ran with it, and that's yeah. what was really awesome with it. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do another one. Yeah. They got a lot of positive feedback. I, you think they would have kept go, did another one, but that didn't happen. Yeah, and and and, and the, the 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 actors in that the the the, the woman who played yeah, she's great. She was. Um, I mean, that was that was if that was a make it or break it, and she did yeah. a really good job with that. Yeah. Hollywood is funny that way. They, they, they. I think when they put expectations on something, they expect it to do like big numbers, certain numbers, and if it doesn't hit those numbers, then gotcha. that's it. They just, you know, the Judge uh, Dredd, the yeah. new Judge Dredd movie, or yeah. and also and also executives are constantly changing uh, guard there. That like you know the person who greenlit it maybe is no longer in that position of power, and the next mm. person comes along and says, "No, I don't want to fucking continue that." You know, right. series. So uh, yeah, it's, I, th- it's I think it's hard. Town, to, man. It's definitely because it's hard because it's a, you, when you're in Hollywood, the person who makes those decisions. So nobody wants to take a risk all the time because if they take a risk and the movie does, if something doesn't work, then they lost their job, right? So it's hard. It's and that's why when and also people do rewrites. You know, if they hire people to do rewrites, like they they feel they have to do do significant amount of work to the rewrite because. You know, otherwise they're not being paid; they're worth their money, right? You know, right. Um, and so you get people who just keep on rewriting and rewriting, and just because, and so it it, it, it takes something for where it was good at one point, and then it gets really messy because they've got they've hired five people to rewrite it uh, when gotcha. it didn't. It might not have needed that, you know. But it, yeah, it's uh, it is a bit like well, Andrew said. And and that that was produced by Ramy's uh, what is it, a Ghost House Productions, right? And and I have to say. I don't know what they've come up with lately. Like for a while there, they were coming up with a lot of projects, film after film. And I, I think they've had a bit of a dry spell lately. So again, maybe they've, they've lost their green light status at whatever studio they were with. Who knows? Uh, yeah. We're certainly not Hollywood insiders up here in, uh, in Toronto. Right, right. So uh, yeah. yeah. We're just having fun speculating. Uh, yeah. But yeah, similar to, uh, despite what people think about the Friday the 13th remake, it was a hit. And there was no follow-up. It's re- weird. Somebody said there was rights issues. Did you guys hear anything about that? Oh, yeah, there's that hole. Mm-hmm. Is that why we never got another one? It's just strange. It was like a big hit, and then we never saw You know how Hollywood is. There's yeah, like even the video game uh, for Friday the 13th, I think even ran into legal issues over the last few years. I heard about years. that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I think there was a moment there a few months back where things started to get cleared, and then I think now they're kind of... Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. who knows? 
Gotcha. Well, All right, the flip. Did, did Candyman come out yet? Like, like no. I know that they've done a reboot of Candyman. They're redoing Hellraiser. They're redoing Firestarter. Wow. There's a lot coming out. So. Oh God! Good luck. I'd be curious if a Nightbreed. Uh, <laughs> good a luck. Nightbreed sequel. Really? That would be cool. Keep the first one. Right, right. I think right. I think the um I think the Hellraiser movie is going to be pretty uh pretty badass. Oh good, yeah, good. yeah. That based based on, based on who's attached to it, yeah, it, it seems promising. Oh yeah. good, that's good, that's good because it's like ooh. And, and, and same with Firestarter. The, the Firestarter one is actually shooting uh, up here in Canada. Uh, I think they start next month, and uh, it, it it seems promising. So, all right. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to know. Definitely. So to flip the script a little bit, uh, different genres, favorite movies besides horror. We already went over through the, through the horror. Action, comedy, what's some of the other favorite movies? Michael? Hmm. Um, a true Romance comes to mind. Yeah, that's getting a uh, you know? 4K release soon. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's... That- just revisited that the other day, and I was like, "Man, that was is such a such a great movie." It's a great movie. Did you like the? Would you have preferred the alternate ending? No, I, I think no. I mean, which one is the alternate ending? Where is that? Where where she gets away? Yeah, she gets away right, with yeah. with the money, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just I mean, her. She kind of turns on Christian Slater. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. Now I, I kind of like it the way it was. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, any other type of favorite genres? Uh, Movies? You, listen, I, I, I love a good Will Ferrell comedy, but uh, one, of, one of my favorite films uh, in my top ten is, is a movie called uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that one, but uh, great film. And, and for those who are into the Queen's Gambit, uh, they should definitely check out uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer. It's a, a cool film about uh, a young 10-year-old boy's... It's based on a true story, too, of... a. Uh, a uh, young 10-year-old boy who becomes uh, he ended up becoming a chess master i believe so uh yeah right nice Very cool i heard film. i heard i heard a lot of good things about that movie and queen's gambit that's on netflix right yeah correct yeah i heard that was yeah. phenomenal gabe yeah. yeah uh there's a movie that no one knows about uh and I, I rented it at a blind buy way back at rogers video just cuz of the cover cuz it was really into punk rock and it's a belgian film called x drummer and how I heard about it is that apparently one of the programmers at TIFF wanted it. And apparently no one wanted it, but he got his in with it. And it played TIFF. And apparently it's it's bonkers. It is one of my favorite films. I have the soundtrack. Um, I have the couple different DVDs version. It is so weird. It's like if you like train spotting and kind of those like real kind of I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know what kind of film it is. <laughs> it's its own genre. Mike, Mike, you're nodding. Have you, have you no, seen? No, it? no, yeah, yeah. I saw. It. Yeah, years ago. Ah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's wild. What's it's the name again? X Drummer. X Drummer. X Drummer. Okay. Okay. Belgians make some cool films. Did you ever see the film Calvaire? Yes. Yeah, that's a creepy movie. Another great fucking whole Belgian film. Yeah. Yeah. Samurai, have you seen Calvair? No, no. I'm going to check that out. Add it to your list, man. Add it to your list. It's right here. That's Nightmare Fuel. That movie is Nightmare Fuel. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, that's the movie. Like, when you have a nightmare and you're in it, you're like, I'm fucked. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. I haven't seen a horror movie that scared me since... 
it's not like scary like ooh it's like yeah it's like T- tension yeah putting you in that situation creepy and Cre- just going, creepy uh feeling yeah yeah reese yes <laughs> favorite movie that's not horror Favorite Some of them, besides Jaws. Horror. You already said Jaws. Yeah, um, I think one of my comfort flicks <laughs> is uh, 1980 Arthur with Dudley Moore. Huh. Absolutely love it. I don't know what it is. I just, yeah. I think it's, I, well, I think it's, it's hysterical for one, but um, it's got one of the best performances from Dudley Moore. It's really interesting as the writer and director of it. It was the only film he made. He passed away shortly after, and it's like this oh, amazing awesome. comedy, and it's. Uh, they made a horrible sequel to it called Arthur Two on the Rocks. Don't ever watch it. <laughs> but I, I highly recommend if somebody's looking for a little something different. I really, really, really love Arthur. So, all right, all right, there you cool. Go. That's that's my comfort movie. Hey, nice. We all when have I'm not one. watching, you know, zombies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of my comfort films is The Warriors. That's oh right. yeah. Yeah, 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 love it. And I I never knew that the iconic warriors come out to play yay was an ad lib yeah. i didn't even know that because the director went up to the actor he's like all right so they're waiting over there so i want you to do something to kind of creep them out something weird and he grabbed the two beer bottles in the back of the seat and uh, did the whole that was it it was ad lib i was like what that ad lib is used and sampled in so much hip-hop yeah um, yeah that's an, yeah that, it that just fits uh, well, speaking... we'll look at Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver. The uh, "Are you talking to me?" That whole thing was ad lib, yes. right? So, some of the, some of the, or even uh, 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 Dustin Hoffman walking uh, in uh, Midnight Cowboy, walking across the street and getting cut off by a, a actual cabbie, and he's, like, oh, "I'm walking was... here." That oh, that was ad lib. That was ad lib. Yeah. Oh shit! Some of the best uh, movie moments were the most authentic ones, right? The ones that were ad lib. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I just about heard that. I just heard the, uh, the the Thor movie was uh, when he says it's a friend from work. Yeah, uh, I heard that was ad libbed. <laughs> oh, nice! Or, or, Thor, or, or Thor. thrown in there at the last moment. Oh, nice and Thor Ragnarok. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's still the best Thor movie in my opinion. One of the best Marvel. Movies it is. Thor Ragnarok. It is. It's 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 phenomenal. So Plus, good. you know. Uh, Taika Waititi, one of his inspirations for making the look of the film and the feel of it was Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of my favorites of all time. I yeah, just love yeah. that movie. The movie that e- that movie that was so crazy even for the eighties, because <laughs> 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 the eighties did everything insane. That's why the eighties is awesome because all the different risks they had to take. And when Big Trouble in Little China came out. People in the theater were like, what the fuck is this? Is this a horror movie? Is this an action comedy? Is this fantasy? What is What is this? It's everything. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to see no remake of Big Trouble or The Warriors. That's something that's been going on for a long time, rumors. They didn't want to remake those. I know The Rock was like, you know, I want to be Jack Burton. I'm like, oh, God, this sounds like a nightmare, you know. Hey, just get, make a sequel and just have Kurt Russell be old man Jack. That'd be great. Have a little cameo or something like that, uh, but yeah, there's there's too many good films out there. But yeah, I love I love the Warriors, but I don't want to keep you guys too much because I know you filmmakers are extremely insanely busy, and Reese needs a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Reese to bed. But uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by. And I I can talk to you guys all day about movies, but I know you guys are busy. So I don't want to keep you. Uh, but you're always welcome to come back. Make make the movie dojo your second home. 
Any future projects? Yes. Anything coming out? You just want to come and hang out and talk movies? Reese, Jaws, hit me up. Let me know what's going on. Absolutely. Jaws panel, son. <laughs> yes. All right. Make this channel your second home. You guys are always welcome to come back here. Talk about future projects, stuff you're working on, or just want to hang out and talk about movies, which is what we love doing. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are killing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making movies. Chat, Movie Dojo Army. Make sure you go out and purchase all three of these films. That's right. Nail in the coffin. Spare parts. Get that Get that beer and pizza. And for the sake of vicious. That's right. Represent Raven Banner, the banner of badassity. All right, guys. See you guys next time. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we wrap it up for today? Oh, thank you very much, man. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks so much. This was great. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. You guys are always welcome back. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Thank you. Raven Banner.